Hello, everybody. We're back Hello. again. <laughs> again. Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Yeah, that's Tracy. I'm Laura. And here we go again on Psychic Abilities. Yes. So this week we're going to do clairvoyance. Norse. Norse. What does that mean? <laughs> Sorry, everybody. You can tell it's been a week. <laughs> Trace, so, what's clairvoyance? Clairvoyance is clear vision. So you're seeing. Or clear seeing. Correct. Seeing things. Yes. So this can be seeing things in the mind's eye. Yep. And when we see those things in the mind's eye, they can be past, present or future. Is oh, there a way of knowing that? Sorry. Uh, experience okay. or very obvious things because you're seeing things that you know have happened in the past or whatever. Gotcha. And so spirit or, um, you know, as a medium, people who have crossed over spirit, they can use those as ways for me to like to sort of give me idea of where I need to go and what they want to talk about in, in time. Lines. Yeah, okay. Um, so like what people are wearing in my vision will tell me when it was potentially. Sure. Uh, so, or even, you know, where they are in the vision. So you've got, uh, the misconception around clairvoyance as being a psychic. And so not everyone who is clairvoyant is psychic and not every psychic has clairvoyance as an ability that they use. What do you mean about clairvoyance not being psychic? Cause I thought clairvoyance was a psychic ability. It is a psychic ability, okay. but it doesn't make you psychic. Oh, okay. So as a psychic, as a professional psychic, sorry, as a professional psychic. Yes. Uh, just because you've got clairvoyance, it doesn't make you able to be a professional psychic. So a professional psychic isn't just clairvoyant. I'm with you. Okay. Right. Kind of said that around the wrong way, but yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's just one of the abilities and a lot of psychics don't even use it. Okay. Wow. So that's a huge misconception. Sure is. And to be called a clairvoyant, I don't really get my knickers in a knot anymore because I don't care. Yep. But um, if you search clairvoyant in a Google search, which I get information from Google in reports, and you'd be surprised how many people still Google clairvoyant when what they really want is a psychic medium. Got you, because there's so much more to it. There's a lot of language that is just, you know, just not understood. Misinformation. Yeah, pretty yep. much. And just generalizing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you Google clairvoyant, you're not necessarily connecting to someone who can cross, who can connect you with your loved ones in spirit. And it, yeah, because they're not all mediums. No, exactly. Gotcha. Uh, but a lot of people think a clairvoyant is. It kind of just like lumps them into that whole psychic medium category as well. Gotcha. Okay. So that's right. one thing to just write off the bat with. Yep. Just so that people can get it in their mind where I'm at with that. Yep. So with clairvoyance, uh, we can also have those visions in our mind's eye. Yes. We can receive those, like I can receive them right here, right now, like right as we're talking, it's like doing a Kegel. You've got no idea that I'm getting those <laughs> visions. Like you've got no idea I'm doing my Kegels. Work it. Yep. Um, and release. And release. See, you had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I just had 152 visions flash past me as well. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Kegels? Not of Kegels. Okay. I, my mind okay. went straight to that just then and I'm like, oh, processing. <laughs> so uh, it's in your mind's eye and then it's also uh, in dream space. Oh, so okay. dreaming uh, and being able to receive information that is uh, guidance or information from other sources that's not your higher self can be clairvoyant. 
Um, but then your higher self can also speak to you through your clairvoyance ability. And dream space is one of the safest space for people to explore their clairvoyance because the subconscious mind is in control and the conscious mind, which is the fear mind, checks out. So if you're someone who has very active dreams, dreams even that you know you're dreaming, I most of the time know I'm dreaming in a dream uh, and can choose my own adventure inside the dream the minute that I have that awareness kick in. And that's pretty standard for me on a normal night for dreaming. I could do that when I was little. Well, it means you can do it again. Ooh. I don't uh, even remember my dreams these days. <laughs> I'm busy though. <laughs> <laughs> Not as busy as I am apparently. No. <laughs> Just for FYI, I woke up at like midnight to mat my husband's like face right on top of mine going, who are you talking to? <laughs> and I started giggling and I was just like, it's okay. It's all good. It's funny. He's like, who are you talking to? And I went, you, but it's all good. Don't worry about it. And I kind of knew I was dreaming, but today he said to me that, oh my God, you were having the longest conversation or you were, you were doing the longest like monologue but you were speaking really fast. Like you were speaking English, but you were speaking really, really, really fast. And I found that so intriguing to me because when I receive information from spirit, it is like lightning speed. It doesn't move with our time and space. Like I've spoken about before. Super fast. Yeah. And I know that what I was dreaming about in that the vision that I was having in the dream in the experience that I was having is a precog. So like I, it's a, it's going to happen future. and I'm, yeah. And I'm experiencing my future. I'm essentially living in the future in that dream. Like it has happened and I've been there and experienced that future experience as far as I believe and wow. am concerned. That's so cool. Cause I've done it before. So it's okay. Yep. So I'm not afraid of it and I think it's amazing, but I didn't want to come out of that dream. Yep. And it's the first time though, that I've ever been made aware or validated by someone on the outside world yeah. to just go, you were speaking so fast. And it's like, cool. That mm-hmm. is, that just made me just go, woohoo, because I know for a fact that that was spiritual for me. And I know that I was channeling and I know I was doing all of these amazing things in that dream yeah, and that experience. And that's what that vision is. <laughs> and you were having a fun time. So I was it. having a great time. So having an old giggle. You up even further. You wanted yeah. to go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, holy moly, like you were just going off. <laughs> so funny. Hilarious. Just having a giggle. Yeah. And he's like, who are you talking to? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's funny. It's all good. <laughs> I sound drunk. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so... In our dream space, we can absolutely have that um, that fear step aside and be more open to receiving possibilities and potential around what we're able to receive from a clairvoyant perspective. Because there can be that that um, the negative kind of um, I guess fear around you know seeing things. Um, and being afraid that if I'm a clairvoyant, does that mean I'm going to see dead people? Does that mean I'm going to see things that I don't want to see? Does yeah, fair call. Yeah, and that's a huge fear. So dream space is a great space to develop clairvoyance. Um, so is meditation space because quite often if you're someone who is well-versed with meditation, then the, your fear of connecting to source energy that you connect to, whether it's your guides, angels, whoever you work with when you meditate – um, you've obviously got a level of um, a, le- a level of confidence that uh, would be able to allow you to receive visions because chances are you probably already are yep. if you think about it. 
So in your meditation is another way as a, an awake um, experience to develop claircognizance, uh, sorry, clairvoyance. And really that's just a matter of um, looking at the visions and checking them out. So the kinds of things in either way, whether you do it through dream space or whether you do it through cognitive awareness space, yeah, the things that you want to look at in order to develop these abilities really internally. So in the mind's eye, not in the external world, you're not going to see dead people unless you've got mediumship capabilities. Oh, okay. So people the, that see dead people are not clairvoyant, they're mediums and well, clairvoyant, they, but well, they're only a medium because they have the clairvoyant ability that the spirit yes, can use. Got you. Yeah. But not everyone is a medium or has the ability to raise. So your vibration has to be quite high, mm. but also it takes a lot of effort for that um, spirit to manifest so uh, the conditions or the environment or the climate have to be just right for that, for that experience to occur, for that exchange or that encounter to occur. Yeah. Um, and it takes like lots of moving parts to make that happen. So um, the, I guess the idea is that when we do it through dream space or through meditation space, um, obviously both times we have our eyes closed. And what we want to do is practice if you're already getting visions that um, you know aren't yours and you know that are coming from somewhere that's not you, don't worry too much about where it's coming from unless you already know that you're working with your angels or your guides or whatever. Yeah. But in the dream space, don't worry where it's coming from because your subconscious mind will know that if it's a negative or a positive and it won't allow a negative in. Oh, right. So don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Don't worry about where that information comes through in your dreams. So... Um, in those spaces, what we want to do, if it's already coming and you don't know where it's coming from, it's one thing. But then you've got the other group of people who don't, who, who haven't received their visions yet, but kind of think that maybe they remember a time when they did, yeah. um, or they really want to develop that because it can be developed from the ground up. Either way, what you want to do for both of these people is start to analyze the vision that you're getting. So the types of things that you want to look at, maybe on, if you're meditating every day, because the dreams, obviously, we can't control when we're going to have a clairvoyant dream. Yeah. So it might be a longer process, depending on how good you are at dreaming. But uh, through the meditation practice, if you're um, meditating every day, then maybe on a Monday, you could make it that your clairvoyance uh, developmental practice is the vision that you're analyzing. What you're going to look for is all of the identifying features inside that vision. So can I see any words written? Can I see a train track? Can I see a boat? Can I see water? Can I see, uh, colors? Can I see some things that are really close, really far away? But what we want to do really is identify features to maybe just go, okay, if all I got out of that was the claircognizant, awareness, the clear knowing of some information about this picture, what I would know is that this vision was near a train track. Okay. Or um, that this uh, vision, it was summer or it was winter because the trees have no leaves. Like you really need to start finding, it's like being a detective. It's like finding those details that date stamp or time stamp or season stamp or place stamp. It's a vision every item of information pretty much mm. so it's so on a monday it might be on mondays i'm going to look for how to know where this location is i'm going to give an identifying place stamp i'm going to try and figure out how they're trying to let me know where this is 
Then maybe on Tuesday, when this is, I'm going to date it. I'm going to now look for identifying features that show me when this is. Firstly, look for season because it's one of the easiest ways to look. Although these days it's hard to understand seasons because it's four seasons in one day at the moment. And then I think (laughs) someone's invented a fifth or a sixth season somewhere (laughs) along the way. (laughs) Kind of feels like it. Mm -hmm. So you want to place stamp it, location stamp it on a Monday. On a Tuesday, you want to time stamp it. And first of all, you can just do it by seasons. But then you could maybe do it by... Okay, what am I looking at? Is there a car in this vision? Does that look like an old car? Does that look like a 1970s Ford that I remember my dad having when I was little? So I'm looking at the 70s. Or is it like a Tesla? So I'm looking at today. Mm -hmm. You know, so look for things that can give you an idea of the time. And then maybe on the Wednesday, you could do how does the vision... Um, how does the vision look in terms of proximity? Is it really far away and it's hard to see and I kind of feel like I have to squint to get those details? Or is it really close to me? Because the location of where that vision is tells you time. Essentially, it tells you when it's going to happen if it's a future vision. If it's closer to you, it's going to happen sooner. Yeah. If it's further away, it's going to happen within a certain amount of time, oh, right. which which you can use your date stamp, you can use your location stamp, and you can use your time stamp to work out an idea of when that's going to be. So there's so many moving pieces in a, in a vision that we get sitting in this chair, and then we've got to interpret it all and spit it out. And it's just experience that makes it go like that, and it allows me to just go boom and just to know what I'm talking about. So, But it does take development. Sure. And so other things that you can look for is the colors. So is it black and white? Is it gray? Is it some things colored and some things not? Is it bright colors or is it low colors? Because sometimes that is indicative of of the strength of the vision. And so what you want to do is be able to strengthen your clairvoyance abilities with your nutrition. Okay. So you really want to raise your vibration and do things that you know through the Riv Boot Camp that to, can raise your vibration to enhance the colors of the vision, because if the colors are enhanced, you're going to get more information. So if you find it's dull, it's, it's not the vision. It's not the, it's not their end that is causing that to be dull. So that's not a feature that they're intentionally trying to give you. It's literally just that you're not raised high enough for it to be bright enough. Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and then, so what are we up to Wednesday? (laughs) yes and then so on Thursday what else is there that's in a vision so in a dream space what you can do is um often you can get a little bit confused because there can be overlaps of past present and future in our dreams it just depends on our conscious awareness when we're awake of whatever it is that we're dreaming about yeah they can be much harder and it's a much more advanced skill to develop through the dream space oh right okay however Um, The types of things that you want to look for in the dreams is all those things, but at one time. So whenever you have a dream where you've got a vision and you become aware in the dream that this is a vision, just stop and just almost like take a snapshot that's like a panoramic shot and just, you don't need to even move your head. You kind of just move your eyes and you're really just looking for as many, it's like where's Wally, but it's like finding (laughs) as many of those things as you can. Is it bright? Is it? Is there a timestamp? Is there a location stamp? Are any of my other abilities coming in? Do I have a certain feeling about this vision? Do I just know something about this vision that I cannot validate through the visual? And that's okay if that's happening because you can't choose to select and isolate just your clairvoyance abilities through dream space. So your other abilities can help you in the dream. 
Um, but you've got to know the clairvoyance and the clairsentience that they're at play and identify them before you develop the clairvoyance within dreams. Because otherwise you'll just lump it all into one and call yourself a clairvoyant. Yep. Yep. And you've really got to isolate them. That makes so they're sense. my tips for being able to identify clairvoyance in terms of dream space. If you're a dreamer, if you see things in your dream that are from when you weren't even alive um, or even things that are, that happen tomorrow but you dreamt about it last night um, or things that happen in years from now that, you know, you hear about that all the time, that I had a dream when I was younger and then all of a sudden I'm 22 and all of a sudden my dream just happened. Yeah. So there's real no time because it really comes down to um, from when you were, say, five when you had that dream that there is the possibility for that future to be created it's like you know how I was just saying about my dream how I have lived in the future like I've been there I've done it it's it's the dimension it's the the you know the alternative dimension I've, I've existed in it I know it's going to happen it's there and so when you were little that's the kind of dreams that you're capable of having except it's your choice oh, it's your <laughs> choice as to uh, how long it takes for you to reach that divine time because it's all just energy so you could have that dream happen much earlier but most of the time people are pushing their dreams away yep it's mind-bending mm. yeah I guess it is I hope I've been able to take some of that mind bending and straighten it a little bit and help people understand I don't know yeah well it's it's complex but it's so cool to be able to see things I suppose mm. and why do you see things why might you see things what's the purpose there well if you think about it as a human why do we have eyes to see yep it's exactly the same as a psychic ability it's just that we don't only see with our external eyes we see with our internal eye yep our eyes are capable of seeing a whole... That's why I can read eyes. Mm. I see their internal reflection. Like we were wow. looking at a photo earlier that you were showing me about this woman, yep. this girl. Yeah. Um, and I could see so much in that photo and, and you're just like, oh, because you just didn't see it either. No. And I know that that's a gift of mine. I've been able to do it since I was little, but... Um, it wasn't even a clear photo of her eyes. Like they were just black. Yeah. 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 And you still saw... So much. So much. Yeah. It's it's like written, like it's just it's just a thing, and it's just there, and I can't explain it. It's just a knowing. And you prob you probably can't unsee it either, right? No, I because I know it. Yeah. I feel it. It's feel it. Know as it. Well. Feel it. Know it. And I get like little teeny tiny flashes go off of visions that oh. aren't long enough to for me to um, you know, unsee it. But I know that there is things there that are being processed um, in the feeling and the thought that I'm connecting to. It's all making sense. It's all painting the same picture. Yeah. And so I can choose sometimes, and I do, for example, with the ghost stories that we have at the end of the episodes, I can choose to go further into that and see what I want to see. But yep. I can also choose to not go into that and not get shocked you know, the, the picture that you were showing me before, it's stuff I don't want to see because that girl was tortured. Like, I do not want to see what she has to offer. Yeah. I can if I want to. I don't want to. No, and those snippets, you. I just know that that's not a reflection of my ability. It's rather a reflection of my guides protecting me from what is harmful to me. Your boundaries. Correct. Yeah. And that's okay. But everything that I'm talking about, especially around psychic abilities, like, I'm, like, I'm not tooting my own horn, but... I'm experienced. And so don't ever use me as that benchmark yeah. for where you want to be. <laughs> You're not normal. No, 
because <laughs> I'm 40 years of this stuff <sighs> and and it's not something that I've that I taught myself. It's just something that has grown and developed and experienced tons of experience. So a lot of the things that uh, you hear me say amongst all of this, you know, there's the simple stuff, which I'm trying to do with these psychic abilities to help people just with the basics and the foundations. Um, But when I do talk about those other kinds of things, try not to get excited about where your potential could go and just sit where you're, where you are right now and focus on that. That's important. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Because where I am is past a lot of boundaries as well. It's past a lot of fear work. And most people aren't ready to get rid of those fears just yet. And so on that, the last part about the clairvoyance that I want to talk about is being able to see dead people and the misconception around being a clairvoyant and just automatically then being able to see dead people. Mm -hmm. Is that not how it happens? No. Oh, thank you. So just like we were... So just how we were saying about how our eyes, our physical eyes can see us for our human experience and then our internal eye can see us, our spiritual experience. Basically, that's it in a nutshell. Our, we're broken into two. So we can choose to harmonize the two, in which case I would see dead people. But I can choose to turn off the human awareness of my spiritual eye so that I don't see it with my human eye. So that's how you do it. Correct. So that's a choice. It's a choice. So you could if you wanted to. Yes. Ugh. Yes. Gross. Yes. (laughs) Have you ever looked into the eyes of someone that's dead? Yes. In real life? Eyes closed. Oh. It's interesting. Would you like to talk about it? No, it's just, it's interesting. Pupils are fixed, obviously, that's what... Uh, you're looking for as a sign of death but yeah it's um it's weird Hmm. there's nothing there how many have you seen oh I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to count them yeah do you do you recognize that the human body at that point is just soulless and spiritless yeah yeah it's just a knowing you just or and a feeling it's (laughs) it's gonna sound silly but it's definitely an energy thing yeah yeah how is that silly? A shell. Mm. It's an energy thing. Mm. It's not silly. It's just coming from me. I yeah. make it sound silly. Mm. But it is. It's definitely an energy thing. Even when a body is warm, they're there or they're not there. You know, they've checked mm. out. And a body. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the shit that grosses me out. It's right. an immense privilege to be there in that moment for that person and still, you know, be there and give that person a loving send-off. Oh, yeah. God, I hope that you're there when I die. Oh, I hope I'm not. Well, I do because I don't want you to die before me. I'm dying before you. We're at that stage in our relationship (laughs) where I get to say I'm dying before you die. You've killed me off in another episode, (laughs) but this time you've killed yourself off first. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Something different. Things are progressing. I'm just giving back to you today. Oh, you're so kind. I um I worked in a nursing home when I was studying and yeah there was a load of people there that passed over obviously yeah and yeah in my job in the hospital there's been countless ones less where I work now do you remember your first um maybe I remember my first as a student nurse in a hospital okay I was um asked to go check on someone who was showering and I couldn't open the door to the bathroom oh what? Yeah, because oh. they'd passed away. Oh. 
So then I had to wedge my way into the door. No, that's when you call someone else. Well, then I called someone else, but I had to see what was in the door. No, you didn't. Why not? You can say, having trouble opening the door needs some help. Yeah. Code for, I'm not fucking opening that door. As a silly student nurse who doesn't know anything, it would be very embarrassing if the silly student nurse didn't know how to open a door. So I needed to make sure I could open the door and it wasn't just a dicky jam or something. Well, as a stupid little student nurse, maybe it would have just been fair to turn around and say, I'm a little bit concerned about what I'm going to see on the other side of that door. It didn't. It was okay. I was okay with such a hard, cold bitch. I'm not even. You know me. (laughs) You've softened in your years. You've just got to do what you've got to do sometimes. Oh, really? I love that you're really. I will remember that when we do portals to hell. You just got to do what you got to do sometimes, Laura. And how does that benefit anybody? Do it for the podcast. (laughs) You're so full of shit. Do it for the podcast. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, Laura. Oh, whatever. How did we go to picking on me? So I don't know. is there anything else to talk about, clairvoyance? Yeah. Uh, well, dead people. So in terms of um, being worried about being able to see dead people. Oh, yeah. Uh, honestly, if you're doing clairvoyance development on yeah. your own, it doesn't th- – there's really very minimal risk that you're going to just start seeing dead people all of a sudden. Can you just, like, put it out there and say, I don't want to see dead people? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. You can just say, hey, guys, I do not want to be seeing outside in my physical realm. I just want to be seeing inside. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. That takes care of that. Using my inside eye, not my outside eye, guys. You got it? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Pretty simple. They're simple. They're just just human energy and understanding over there in terms of dead people. Yeah. Love it. Mm. That's a good survival skill. Yeah. I don't want to see it. Yeah. Speaking of dead people and yep. seeing them mm-hmm. and looking at their eyes, mm-hmm. how about that post a couple of weeks ago on socials about the death photography? That was crazy. Crazy. I didn't, I did not pick that straight away. Mm. Neither did others. And people found some really weird ass shit in that photo. <laughs> So this is a photo you put up on the socials yes. and there was two women in it. Yes. And they were standing at the front of like an, on a porch. Yeah, on a long step. Hmm. And they had long, long hair. Yeah. And long, long billowy, dressy gown things. Yes. And long faces. Yeah, and it was very, very <laughs> olden days. Yeah. What period would you say it was from? Oh, well, death photography goes back to the Victorian era. So that's what it was. Yeah, so in the 1800s. So they were both dead? One was no, dead. No, one was dead. One. I leaned dead. over there on the right. I, I was I was leaning up on the pole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is, that what, is that a name, Eileen? Eileen, yeah. Did you name her that because she was leaning on the pole? No. Oh. Um, a vagina from school. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I was going to say a di- – well, okay, oh. so a guy I knew who yeah. I went to school with – Yeah. Um, he commented on the post. Okay. And he said, I know her. It's Irene. 
And I wrote back saying, yeah, Eileen, ha ha, like, because I knew what he was getting at. Uh-huh. But he's, I, I was going to say a dick because he was being a smart ass, like not oh. a smart ass, but he was being funny, but yeah. he's not a dick. He's a yeah. vagina. He's, sorry. <laughs> sorry. And I'm not going to, I'm, <laughs> everyone's going to go back now, but. You buried yourself deep in that. I didn't want to call him a dick because he's not a dick. Um, <laughs> he, I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah do you understand? Sorry. You're not know. a vagina either, but you're not a dick. Okay. Yeah. You're <laughs> somewhere done. in between. Somewhere, yeah. So Eileen. Um, so yeah, back into the Victorian era where death photography was a thing and, you know, knowing me, I kind of geek out on the psychology side of it because nothing, none of else of it is morbid to me or weird. It's just the psychology behind it that I'm fascinated by how they ever thought this was something that we want to do. Like what the fuck? Because quite often it was only done with children. Oh, it wasn't very often that you would see it done with adults. Okay. Uh, and it was something that was usually, uh, sort of relegated or a privilege or something that was available to people that were wealthy. Okay. So wealthy people whose children died usually because of, uh, you know, just low mortality rates, rates in terms of childhood illnesses and fevers and things high like mortality that. Rates. Yeah. Sorry. High mortality yeah. rates. Yeah. 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 Um, Back then. Gosh. Yeah. And so the wealthy back then, mourning and periods of mourning and grief was something that was honored. And today it still is in a lot of cultures, but back yeah. then it was very culturally. It was a thing. It was a yeah. thing. And, and big business by the sounds. Correct. And it was part of the process that honored the, the dead. Yeah. So quite often it was just children and babies uh, and teenagers and Quite often, they would be portrayed sleeping, okay, uh, to as so as not to have to force the eyes open, and so that they yeah yeah prop them up yeah on a because porch. yeah so a lot of the time the eyes are glued yeah um or uh because each of the photography in the in the very original times of death photog death portraiture. Mm-hmm. was actually painted. They were hand-painted, not taken by a camera as yeah. such. So the painter would actually paint the eyes on. Yeah. And then some form of photography came through and it was able to obviously capture it better and that's when it became more siblings involved in the photo and more family involved in the photo, like sometimes full families with just a dead person plonked somewhere in there. It's like spot the dead person, mm-hmm. like where's the dead person, where's Wally style. And it was the photographer would take the photo, but then a painter would come and paint the eyes on to make the person look like they had open eyes. So there were lots of, um, lots of the death photography that we see if we Google it, um, or apparently Pinterest it because a couple of people have been sending me Pinterest folders that are all about death photography. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like people actually do this? Like, whoa. I love Pinterest, but I do not have a folder. (laughs) We are not going down that rabbit hole. (laughs) So, um, yeah, if you go back, a lot of the photos are actually upper class, well-to-do, wealthy uh, families. And so they're dressed very well. And it's a great capture of the Victorian era and the, the way the psychology worked around life and death. And obviously back then we, you know, we there was that, that um, high mortality rate where we, we see a, a lot of children die, but we see a lot of mothers die during birth as well. So occasionally you can come across photos where where it is the birth mother and the baby. Uh, that's the other common thing that you see if the family was wealthy. Yeah. Um, and they see it as a commemoration, but they also see it as the photo that they have up in the house while they're in their period of mourning. And it, it was seen as a respect 
It was seen as an honor, a celebration of their life, um, to keep their, their spirit still alive. Uh, and I'm really fucking glad that it's not a thing anymore. Yeah, it's pretty intriguing. Well, I just, I just, because I have this thing with kids and that whole empath thing, mine is mostly solely to do with children. And I just look at those photos and I'm just like, whoa, imagine how fucked up those kids were after they were forced to sit next to their dead sibling mm. and pose for a photograph and if sit it was still. Normal. If it was normal for them. Still while a person was painting it. Yeah. Normal, but just because something's normal, it doesn't mean that it's not fucking you up. Yeah, that's true. Like it's yeah. normal for a lot of families to have lots of weird shit going on. It's normal for them. Yeah. But it's not normal for when it comes to the human brain and psyche. Yeah. There's many cultures historically that um, have the dead, say, grandparent semi-mummified and they'll drag them out for birthday celebrations and it's just this mummified skeleton by that stage. I remember reading it. Yo. <laughs> That's yeah. just not this is cool. This is probably like even ancient history sort of stuff where they just drag the, the corpse out for celebrations. In different cultures around the world. I am all down for people's cultural traditions yeah. and I love it. As I well. don't know that it's done much anymore, but, yeah, historically it goes way back. Well, I think now you'd probably have to go to jail for that stuff. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Assuming corpses. Shit. But, yeah, it's been a thing for a long time. But that's not... Like that's that's a moment in time for so they can join in a celebration. That's not taking a photo of it to to keep as a yeah as a thing and to make them look like they're alive. Yeah, like in so many of them, they just pose them as if they're alive and they're not dead. Yeah. So that was that interesting photo that yes. was on our socials. Yeah. So I thought we'd just quickly chat about that. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> if anyone wants to start a trend, go for it and leave me out of it. <laughs> A death portraiture. God. There yeah. you go. Any photographers that are struggling at the moment with COVID, there's a new angle for you. Oh, my God. Revival. <gasps> Revival of the death portrait. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's getting late. That was punny. <laughs> punny. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that little lesson on clairvoyance. Yeah. That was cool. I liked how you were talking about the dream side of things because for the longest time I've had busy dreams but I can't remember them. But I, I know I used to be able to remember them. Mm. So maybe one day I'll remember them again. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You don't sound very <laughs> hopeful. You're like, maybe. Yeah, probably not. I don't want to get your hopes up. No. Maybe. <laughs> Just deal with what you've got right now. Don't worry about the future dreaming. Just deal with right now. Yeah, it's good. Mm. Good fun. <laughs> Well, as usual, guys, if you have any stories, then send them in. If you've got any questions, send them in. Mm -hmm. If you love the podcast, then subscribe, rate, review, screenshot it, share it, tag us. We'll tag you. Yeah, it makes it much easier to to keep doing what we're doing when we know that it's loved and when it's helping people and people are liking and it's bringing joy to people's day. <gasps> You know how, like, I get <laughs> I get people messaging me and telling me after I've had a session with them or whatever and they're just like, yeah, I listen to your podcast 
when I go for a run, like on a Wednesday morning when I'm running, I go for a podcast or I can't wait on a Wednesday morning or a Wednesday night on my commute. It's just like, it's my thing. It's what I do. The other day, one of my clients actually messaged me and said, I'm going on a road trip. And so I've saved up a few episodes and I'm just going to wait for this next week's episode so I can just listen to you for the whole road trip. Oh, wow. And I'm like, well, that just took it to a whole new level. That's a lot. <laughs> I'm like, I think it's bizarre that people say that they listen to us on their run on a Wednesday and like making their coffee and brushing their teeth and doing their stuff. And it's like they're listening to us all over the world. And it's like now we're on to road trips. It's like, that's a lot. That's so cool. That's how cool. I listen to all the podcasts I listen to. Binge it. Do it. Yeah. But anywhere, you know, anytime, anywhere. Yeah. And drive safe, road trip fan. <laughs> yeah. That's at T. Scotty. You're awesome. She is awesome. She's amazing. Yeah. So do all of that and we'll catch you next time. Bye.